May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. <clears throat> About five years ago in Cleveland, Ohio, a fellow named Brian came clean after half a century. You see, back in 1968, Brian stole a copy of Life magazine from his local library. The magazine had a photo of the Beatles on the cover, and poor Brian gave in to adolescent temptation. But 50 years later, Brian finally returned the Life magazine with a sincere letter of apology and a check for $100. The library caps overdue fines at $100, so Brian was finally free and clear. Now, 50 years is a long time to walk around with a pebble of guilt in your shoes. 50 years is a long time to have your conscience nag you. And 50 years is a long time to feel a pain of guilt every time a Beatles song comes on the radio. We seem to think that fessing up and apologizing is something painful and crippling, but in fact, just the opposite is usually true. Coming clean with what we have done is more often than not a great relief and a release of a burden. Psalm 51 is always the assigned psalm for Ash Wednesday. It is what is known as a penitential psalm, and there are seven penitential psalms in the book of Psalms. Penitential means that the psalmist is pouring out his heart to God in, in his own sense of sinfulness. He is releasing his burden of guilt and shame, and he is coming clean. The Old Testament has a depressingly rich vocabulary to describe sin. There is a Hebrew word for sin that means missing the mark. And there is another Hebrew word for sin that means unclean or unblemished. There is a Hebrew word for sin that means wandering or straying from the path. There is another word for sin in Hebrew that means crooked. And another one that means broken. And the gist of all of those Hebrew words that describe sin is that something is wrong with me or something is wrong with you. I can pretend all day that all is well and good, or I can come clean and I can see if there is some way of getting better. One of my uh, favorite stories involves the Prussian king Frederick the Great. On one occasion, Frederick the Great was touring one of his prisons, and as we might expect, one prisoner after another approached him and fell on their knees, proclaiming their innocence and begging Frederick for a pardon, all except one man who remained silent. And Frederick called to him and said, why are you here? Your majesty, I am here for armed robbery, was his reply. Well, are you guilty? The king asked. Yes, indeed, your majesty, I deserve my punishment. 
And King Frederick then called the jailer, the warden, over to him, and he ordered him. He said, release this man at once. I will not have him kept in prison with all these other fine, innocent people. (laughs) We can proclaim our innocence and live in denial of our own sinfulness. But who are we kidding? Who are we kidding? We cannot find the solution until we can see the problem. We cannot treat the illness until we diagnose the disease. We cannot come clean until we are ready to finally put down our burden. And I think the truth is that most of us, if not all of us, are weighed down by something, perhaps anguish over hurting another person, or embarrassment over a poor choice that we made at one time or another, or grief over over a failure that haunts us, or guilt over a wrong that we just can't forget. Theologian and pastor William Willimon once put it this way, and I love this quote. He says, every person has some secret room somewhere or a trunk hidden away in the attic buried deep in the basement of the soul, closed, closed, dusty, cluttered with dark moments, with memories that we would like to forget. On this Ash Wednesday, we have an opportunity to come clean, to empty that trunk that is hidden deep down in the basement of our soul. The ashes that will be traced on our foreheads in a few minutes serve as our confession, as our cry, Christ, have mercy, Lord, have mercy. Those ashes on our forehead are a very visible and tangible sign of our sinfulness and our sincere confession that we have missed the mark, that we have wandered from the path, that we are crooked or broken. Today, of course, would be the most depressing of all days if all there is to Ash Wednesday is a reminder of our sin and our brokenness. But fortunately for us, the psalmist counterbalances all the words for sin with an equally rich vocabulary for forgiveness. In just the first verse of Psalm 51, the psalmist trots out three different words for God's compassionate forgiveness. It reads, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. First, there is the Hebrew word for mercy, which simply means stooping or bending in kindness to someone who has fallen. And then there's the Hebrew word for steadfast love, a word that is rich with meaning. Steadfast love is, means covenant love, a love that cannot fail because it rests on God's promise to us, on God's faithfulness, not on our own faithfulness. And the Hebrew word for sin, abundant mercy, which is actually derives from the word for a mother's womb. Comparing God's love for sinners to the tenderness that we can expect a mother to feel for the child of her own womb. 
Now think about that. If God loves you with a stooping love, with a covenant love, with a womb-like love, if God's love for you is that deep and that rich, then confession coming clean before God is not something that we should fear. It is something to embrace. It is something that can set you free. It will lighten your burden and clean out that trunk deep in the basement of your soul. In his book, Unexpected Adventures, Pastor Lee Stroibel once told this true story. A member of his congregation called him and asked if he could bring his eight-year-old daughter to see him. Pastor Lee agreed, and the next day the parents and their young daughter walked hesitatingly into his office and sat down. He said that the girl was so small that she was swallowed up by, it seemed like she was almost swallowed up by the chair. Her eyes were downcast. Her mood was very somber. And then her dad turned to her and he said, tell him what happened. And she hesitated. Her lower lip was just quivering. Well, she said, I was in the church bookstore after the service on Sunday, and I saw a book that I really wanted, but I didn't have any money. And now tears were spilling down her cheeks. And so I put the book under my coat, and I just took it. And as she sobbed, she said, I knew I shouldn't do it, but I did it. And I am so sorry. I'll never do it again. And Lee said that she was so contrite that it just broke his heart. And then he turned to her and he said, I'm glad you admitted what you did and that you said you were sorry. And then Lee added, what do you think an appropriate penalty or punishment might be? And she shrugged her shoulders and she wiped her tears Lee said, I think the book cost about $5. Would it be fair if you paid the bookstore $5 plus three times that amount, which would be $20 in total? Do you think that would be fair? And yes, she whispered. But he could see that her wheels were spinning. What was she, where was she going to get $20? She didn't even have $5 to buy the book in the first place. And suddenly her debt had spiraled out of control. And at that moment, Pastor Lee stood up and he walked over behind his desk and he pulled out the top drawer and her eyes narrowed. She just couldn't figure out what he was doing. And then he pulled out his checkbook. He picked up a pen and he wrote out a check for the full amount that she owed. He tore the check out of his checkbook and he held it in his hand. And the little girl's mouth just dropped open. And then he said, I know there's no way that you can pay the penalty that you deserve, so I'm going to pay it for you. Do you know why I would, I would do that? And the bewildered little girl just shook her head no. Because I care about you. Because I love you. And please remember this, that's exactly how Jesus feels about you, except so much more. And then he 
handed her the check. And she took it and she clutched it to her heart. And she absolutely blossomed with a look of absolute relief and joy and wonder. The same little girl who had slinked into his office with, under the weight of her shame now left lighthearted and skipping. And it is the same way with most of us. Coming clean of our sin can feel so good. On this Ash Wednesday, we can come clean. The cross that will be traced on your forehead reminds you that you are broken. It is your way of admitting that you have missed the mark. And yet that same cross reminds you that Jesus already paid the penalty that you deserve and that I deserve. That very cross on your forehead marks you and claims you as a beloved child of God marked with the cross of Christ forever. It reminds us that we have a God who stoops down to us when we fall, who loves us with a covenant love that will never be broken, and who loves us like the womb love that we expect of a mother for her child. Through the cross of Jesus and through the bread and the wine, God speaks to us this Ash Wednesday he says, I love you. I care about you. You are forgiven and made new. Come clean this Ash Wednesday and every day, for you are a beloved child of God. Amen.